Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews. Well, we've already been talking about the message of faith. You might want to break this series down into mini-series. We'll call this morning's message, What Faith Is, because we'll be teaching along these lines for a long time. You don't want to have a 50-tape series, do you? Amen. So we'll just call this one, What Faith Is. We've been talking about the message of faith. This pertains to the message of faith. And it's what faith really is. So let's open our Bibles here to Hebrews 11, chapter and verse 1. We'll read it so we can better understand what faith is. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. The things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now we need to have some definitions before we go on because we've been talking about faith. We've talked about it being the God kind of faith. We talked about Without faith, it's impossible to please God. We talked about the fact that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. But without faith, the gospel will be made of none effect. In other words, the power of God will be ineffective in your life. People want to have the power of God working and operating through their lives. Well, you can't without faith. So it's very important that we understand faith, how it works. Now, someone said, are you insinuating that we don't have faith? No, we're not insinuating that at all. Every time you talk about faith, someone gets a little bit upset and they say, well, are you trying to say that I don't have any faith or we didn't have enough faith to get healed or didn't have enough faith to get our needs met? No, we're not saying that. We're saying if um, someone that was uh, wealthy and rich and came along to your backyard and dropped off a jet, you could uh, easily say and declare that I have a jet in my backyard. Well, God came along and dropped into your spirit the God kind of faith. And you can say here readily that I have the God kind of faith. I have it, you got it if you're born again. Amen? But how many of you know how to fly a jet? We don't have any pilots here this morning? Well, the same thing holds true, it seems like, in individuals' lives uh, pertaining to faith. They have it, yes, but they don't know how to use it. And that's why we're endeavoring to teach the subject of faith in great depth. So we can understand and comprehend how to use what we have. I'm not opposed to anybody telling me how to use what I have. Amen? Because when you're telling me I can learn how to use more of the power of God in my life, I want to know all about it. Amen? I'm never opposed to learning more about the power of God. So we can readily see that it's very important that each individual learn how to use his faith. And Jesus, when talking about faith, the greatest faith teacher of all, said in Mark 11:22, Have the faith of God, or have the God kind of faith. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that the words that he's speaking will come to pass. He'll have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things, whoever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. Amen? Amen? So we found out that faith deals with the heart and the mouth of man. The heart and the mouth. Paul, the great apostle, in his revelation of, by Jesus Christ of faith, said in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if thou shalt believe in thine heart, that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be, la- be saved. For with the heart man believeth, and with the mouth confession is made. Right? So we found out that the Apostle Paul agreed with Jesus 
in the fact that faith deals with the heart and with the mouth. Jesus also, in one of his teachings, said, you know, it's possible that you can honor me with your lips, but your heart be far from me. And we're endeavoring to show and to teach that we need to work and develop the forces that have been deposited into our hearts so that these forces in our heart can produce faith out of our mouth. Because there is a confession of your heart, there is a confession of your mouth or of your lips, and when the confession of your heart perfectly harmonizes with the confession of your lips, and these two embrace the Word of God, then the power of the Almighty God will be released in your life. And so that's why we're endeavoring to teach these subjects of faith out of the heart. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The word substance is from the Greek word hupostasis, H-U-P-O-S-T-A-S-I-S, and it carries with it the meaning of a setting under or a support. Setting under or a support. And immediately when I think about that, I think about these two bridges that they're building around here. Because every time I go that way, there's a bridge that they're building, and every time I go that way out there, there's another bridge that they're building. And you say, what in the world are they ever going to get done with building bridges around here? And this bridge down here they've been building for I don't know how long. It seems like over a year. And the only thing they got done is laid the foundation. And I began to see that in order for that bridge to support the weight, the proper weight, it needs a good foundation. Any structure that you build has got to have a solid foundation. Isn't that right? You remember over there where Paul the Apostle, I believe he wrote the book of Hebrews. If you don't, that's okay. I won't be dogmatic about it. But you remember over there where he said it's time to leave the first principles of the doctrines of Christ, the six basic fundamental principles, the foundation of our faith. It's time to leave them and go on to perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance of dead works. I've already repented of my dead works, haven't you? And of faith toward God. I've got faith toward God, don't you? Amen. That's why I'm saved, because I believe in him. And of the doctrine of baptisms, I've been baptized in the body of Christ. I've been baptized in water. And I've been baptized with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And speak with other tongues. Amen. So I've already had that happen in my life. It's time to leave some of these basic principles and move on. But you've got to have the foundation of these principles laid in your life in order to have a good support of your belief. I believe in the doctrine of laying on of hands to heal the sick. Do you believe that? It's in the Bible. It's one of the fundamental principles of the doctrine of Christ, just as much as eternal judgment is and the resurrection of the dead. If I said I didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead, you'd probably stone me. Amen? I mean, you think about it. I believe in the resurrection of the dead. Don't you? The Sadducees, they didn't believe in that, did they? That's why they were sad. Because they didn't believe in it. Amen? I mean, it'd be pretty sad if you didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead. There you are, lie there in that grave forever. Amen? But you know, Jesus said, All things are possible to him that believeth, not to him that doubteth. So ask me if I believe. Yes, I do believe. I believe in the doctrine of laying on of hands. I do believe in baptisms. I do believe in repentance toward dead works. I believe in faith toward God. I believe in eternal judgment and the resurrection of the dead. I believe in all these things, but it's time to leave them and go on. Go on to the greater depths of God's Word. Go on and grow up into Him in all things. So we find out that this meaning of this word, substance, it is your assurance, it is your support, it underlies your belief. As a matter of fact, Webster said it like this. It's the reality that underlies every manifestation or change. It's the reality that underlies every manifestation or change. You see this here, material right here, we call it wood. It's a change of a tree. I mean, it's not a tree, is it? It's from the tree, but it's not the tree itself. It's a part of it. It's a different manifestation of a tree. We can trace that all the way back. All wood products, paper products, can be traced all the way back to the tree. Why don't you stop and think about this? Where did the tree come from? There's still a reality that lies at the basis of the tree. It's the ultimate reality that that tree came from and was made from. 
Now, the Bible tells us in Hebrews 1, 3, that he upholds all things by the word of his power. And we also find out that the word of God is his faith. Remember over there in Romans 10, 8, where it says, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith. So we could put these together and find out that every manifestation and every change has something that underlies it. It's a real force. It's called the force of faith. He upholds all things by the word of his power. He said, tree be, and that tree has never ceased to be in existence. It's still there, isn't it? It's still reproducing, isn't it? Amen? So you see, there is a reality that lies at the basis of every appearance that upholds all things, and it's called the Word of God. All things were made by Him, created by Him and for Him, and without Him, the Word of God was nothing made that was made. And so that's why you can really understand it when Jesus walked over to the fig tree and He said, No man shall eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. He spoke to the ultimate reality behind the existence of that tree. And when He spoke to it, what happened? It didn't die immediately. Now listen, this is very important for you to understand this. It affected the root system of that tree, but the tree for a 24-hour period looked just like it did before. Didn't it? It looked just like it did before. And so even though it wasn't seen in the natural realm, Jesus believed that the words he spoke nullified the words that God spoke when he said tree be. Now hear me. We've got the power to speak God's word to bless and to curse. Don't you remember that Peter said, the fig tree that you what, cursed? Those words cursed that tree. And the power that was holding that tree in existence was reversed. And instead of keeping it alive, it caused it to die. We have the same power in God's word. To call things that be not as though they were. To call cancer in the body of certain individuals, in your bodies, if it attacks your body. To call it dead in Jesus' name and it must die. It must die. It's got to die. When you curse it with the word of God out of your heart. Not out of your head, but out of your heart. Faith doesn't work out of your head, it works out of your heart. You can say it all day long. If it's not in your heart, it's not going to work. Okay, another word. Evidence. The evidence of things not seen. The evidence, not just evidence, but evidence of things not seen. There's a play on words here. It's the proof of something that you do not see. More or less, I think one translation says it's like a title deed. Because, you know, if I held out to you the title deed to my car, here it is, this is the title deed to the car. Well, that's the proof that I have a car. This is the title deed, but it's not the car. I couldn't hold a car in my hand like that, could I? but I can hold the title deed. It's the proof. Now, this walk of faith is not, you know, foolishness or presumption. This walk of faith is actual fact in the spirit realm. We have proof that I can believe that when I curse sickness and disease, it must die and it must leave my body. I have proof to believe that Jesus Christ of Nazareth lives in my heart. It's found in God's Word. The Word is proof. So faith in God's Word is the substance of things hoped for, it's the evidence. The word evidence comes from the Greek word, I'll spell it for you, E-L-E-G-E-H-O-S. And it means, it's the proof, the proof, or the title deed, or the conviction. The conviction. It's the proof of things not seen. It's the conviction of things not seen. Now the word conviction means to be in a state of convic being convicted, the state of being convicted or convinced of your conscience, and in this text it means this, to be convinced or convicted of things that are not seen. It's to be convinced or convicted of the reality of things that do not appear. I'm totally convinced that Jesus Christ is Lord and raised from the dead, although I've never seen him. 
I am convinced and convicted right now that there are angels that are around us, and if we saw them, we'd be devastated. But I am convinced and convicted that they're standing shoulder to shoulder all around us with flaming chariots of fire to protect us from the forces of darkness and of evil. As Elijah the prophet said, there's more that be with us than there be with them. There's more right here on our side than all the foes of darkness that could come against us. For greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. I'm convinced and convicted of things that I do not see with my natural eye, but I see them with the eye of my spirit. That's called faith. Now, we could actually tie into this. You don't have to turn to this, but I will tie into this. 2 Corinthians 4.18, which says, While we look not at the things that are seen, Look not at the things that are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things that are seen are subject to change. That word temporal there means subject to change. The things that you see are subject to change, but the things that are not seen, those are eternal things. In other words, that tree was subject to change. The tree that Jesus cursed was subject to change. It could change. But the eternal things of the Spirit cannot change. And Jesus proved that things in this realm, although we see them with the natural eye, they are subject to change. Every circumstance that comes your way in your daily life, in your daily walk, those circumstances are subject to change by the power of God's Holy Word. If you look at the things that are not seen, but if you look at the things that are not, if you look at the things that are seen, then instead of you changing circumstances, circumstances will change you. You get up in the morning and you're just all on fire for God. I mean, you're just shouting praise, glory, hallelujah. You know, and then two minutes later, someone calls you up and gives you a bad report. And before you know it, your head's down in the dump. What changed? Circumstances changed you. God didn't change. The Holy Ghost still there. The power of God still there. The Word of God still there. The joy of the Lord still there. What changed? Not the circumstances you did. But bless God, next time they called you up, you got into the Word and you rejoiced and said, Praise God. But then when they called you up and got, you got an evil report, you said, Bless God, I don't care about any evil report. Jesus is the Lord of my life. I'm going to change the circumstance. I'm going to stand on the Word of God. The Bible says, Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And no word of God is void of power, but it shall accomplish that which God pleases. It will prosper in the thing that he sent it. He sent his Word to me. It changes the circumstances around my life. So as far as I'm concerned, in Jesus' name, I got the victory then your circumstance crumbles beneath you because it's subject to change. Amen? One of the characteristics of, of God is I change not. So if I'm walking as he walked, that means I change not. Right? If God changes not and I'm walking as he walks, then I'm supposed to not change. Think about it. That same glory, that same power, that same love, that everything that's in you is still in you even though the circumstances try to change you. And even though you may feel ugly... Still, God's the same inside your heart. Just as big. God does not change. Say it with me. God does not change. Does not change. Therefore, I will not change. Therefore, I will not change. But I'll change circumstances, I'll change circumstances. By, the by the power of God's Word in my life. In my life. See, it's got to obey. Amen? Well, it's the, it's the evidence of things not seen. So in other words, as we look at the unseen, how do you look at the unseen realm? How do you look at the things that are not seen? That's where meditation comes in. That's where developing the Word of God in your heart by meditation comes in. You begin to see them angels out there, blessing God. You begin to see the power that's in the Word of God. You begin to see the Holy Ghost right there by your side, by holding fast to your confession of faith and never wavering unto the end. Well, we can then give a little definition of faith. Faith, then, is being convinced that the unseen, the spiritual realm, is just as real as the seen realm. Faith is being convinced or convicted to the fact that the unseen realm, the unseen world, or the spirit world, is just as real as the world we're looking in right now. That's what faith really is. Now, the word conviction also carries another meaning or another thought. It includes the thought of being conquered or being overcome. To be conquered or to be overcome. So we could say that we're being conquered or overcome by this reality of the Word of God. 
of the things that are not seen. You see, I think the, the mistake that people make in the area of faith, they just think that if you just say it one time or read the word one time, that it should be automatic, an automatic reality instantly. Put the Bible away and forget it for about two months and then pick it up once in a while. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about you have taken the Word of God, you have digested it. Jeremiah said, Thy words were found and I did eat them. And bless God, they were the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. I ate your word until your word became a part of me. You look into that realm with a steadfast look of faith. You look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. You don't take your eyes off the word of God. You attend to God's word. You incline your ear to his sayings. You don't let them depart from your eyes. You keep them in the midst of your heart. Those words then become life and, and, and health unto all your flesh. They become a reality. Actually, it's invisible, but somehow in the spirit it's very visible. It's invisible to this realm, but it's visible inside your spirit. How do you see it? I see it by the eye of my faith. You see what I'm saying? That's why Jesus said in Mark 11:24, What things soever you desire when you pray, you just believe you receive it in, a, in the invisible form. You believe you receive it in its invisible form, and you shall have it in its visible form. Let me give an example. You have some sickness or disease that's trying to, or has attached itself to your body. And it's developing inside your body. And Jesus says, whatever you desire when you pray, just believe you receive and you shall have. Believe you receive it in its invisible form, you shall have it in its visible form. The moment you believe from your heart and speak it out with your mouth, you have received in the spirit realm your answer to prayer. You have received your healing. It's there. I have it now. Okay? But that healing has got to come from the spirit through the soul to the body. Although it's manifest in the spirit, it needs to be made manifest in the body. The healing in your spirit that you receive has got to come out to heal that body. It starts at the root. Since healing is spiritual, all healing is spiritual, a manifestation of sickness or disease in your body is a physical manifestation of a spiritual problem. Because healing is spiritual. Sickness and disease is spiritual. That's why Jesus bore them in his own body on the tree. He dealt with them spiritually in his own spirit. He took them away from us, paid the price of them. Now, when you believe you receive that healing into your spirit, you believe you receive it in its invisible form, the confession of your lips by declaring, yes, Father, I believe I've received it. Thank you, Father God, I am healed. I know I'm healed. I received it. I am healed. Will cause it to come from the spirit man and the spirit where the forces of life are will produce and send forth healing to your body. It'll dry up that disease at its root and the root, will the root says they dry up and die. Then finally that thing that was on your body will dissipate and disappear. So that's why he said you've got to believe in things that are unseen. You've got to see the unseen with the eye of your faith and believe that you received it when you prayed and then its visible form will come. Although Jesus cursed that fig tree by the words of his mouth when he said, No man shall eat fruit of thee, it was not seen in the natural realm. It, they didn't walk by and say, Look, it's dead already. They didn't say that. They walked by it one time, walked by it again, walked by it the next time, and the third time they walked by it, which was a 24-hour period, Peter said, Look at the tree. Now look. Now look. I can see it in the physical realm. Now look. The tree that you cursed, Lord, it's withered away. Now it was visible and it's physical form. But it didn't start there, my friends. It started when Jesus spoke the words and said, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. That's it. And when he said those words, he believed it. And because he believed it, that was faith. And that faith in the spirit realm, underneath the ground, that's another realm, cursed them roots, them roots dried up. And finally, a day later, they saw it in the physical realm that it was dead and dying. But see, faith, this doesn't work in all cases automatically, instantly. Faith works out of the spirit and makes its way into the physical realm by your confession of faith. And as you hold fast to the confession of your faith, those invisible things will come into reality. One way of saying it is like this. Faith is giving substance to the unrealities of hope and bringing them into the realm of reality in a physical form, in evidence. Now, we've got many, many, many scriptures in the Bible here that can show you that this is exactly how faith works. But let's look at verse 3 before we go into them. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God 
so that the things which are seen, the things which are seen, the things that you see, the tree that you saw, all those things that you see were not made by things that do appear. The things that you see were not made by things that you see. That's what he's saying. The things that you're looking at in this realm were not made by things that do appear. No, but it was the faith of the operation of God. God's faith in operation caused all these things that we see to come into existence. And this is the way he did it. By faith. By believing in his heart, speaking with his mouth, he called the world into being and it came into being. He took things that are not seen. Just because things that are not seen in this realm does not mean that those things are not real. They are very real, but they're not in this realm. A good example is this. I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that when a born-again believer dies, I know that his spirit is still alive. Do you know that? I know that they're in a real kingdom. I know that they're in glory. I know that they're well. The only problem is we can't contact each other. And the reason why we can't contact each other is because without a physical body, they cannot come and make contact to this realm. They can't communicate in this realm. And being in this body, I can't come out of it to contact that realm as I would if I was out of the body. And so the two realms, the spirit realm and the natural realm, cannot communicate to one another except by the spirit of man believing by faith that those things really exist and are really real out there in that realm and through the word of God by the Holy Spirit unveiling those things to our spirits. But other, other than that, we cannot contact these realms. That's why God could not contact man to uh, save and deliver him. He had to speak to the prophets. He had to get the word to him somehow because God being a spirit, we being in the natural, God cannot communicate with man after his fall. See? But we believe that those things are real out there. Do you believe that person's spirit is real? You better believe it's real. It's alive. And it could talk to you if it was back in the body. But since it's out of the body, it can't communicate with you. It can't talk to you. So those things are real. And those things that are out there, faith is a real substance. Faith is a real force. We have in the same spirit of faith. It's real. Just like concrete is substance. You take sand, you take water. These are real things. You mix them together, you get the right mix, you're going to get sidewalks or, or something like that. You're going to build a foundation. You know, you're going to lay concrete. You're going to have it. It's the same thing with the things of the spirit. These things of the spirit, they are real. Love is a real force. Faith is a real force. Patience is a real force. They're all real. They're out there. They're real. The Father is real. The Son is real. The Holy Ghost is real. These angels are real. I want to keep saying it until you start to see them around us. They're out there right now. I said those angels are right around you right now. Right around you right now. To do your bidding and calling. They're ministering spirits sent forth to minister for you, the heir of salvation. They're out there right now. The Holy Ghost is here right now. God's tangible healing power is here right now. Right now. His power is present to heal all that have need of healing. And it's a real substance. You don't see it with your natural eye, but bless God, it's real and it's here. And sometimes when you come in contact with it, you have a hard time standing up. Right? So you see what I'm saying? These real forces created this world. Now, if these real forces created this world and God gave us the same force of faith inside our spirits, then that same force operating through me, through my spirit, can do the same thing that God did in the earth. Because he gave me dominion over all the earth, didn't he? And he said, start calling things that be not as though they were, didn't he? Didn't he? Then he said, use my faith, didn't he? The God kind of faith, didn't he? You use the same kind of faith to change. No, you're not going to create a new world, but you're going to create a new world for yourself. In other words, you're going to change the circumstances of your life. I remember when we first got into this, bless God, the devil tried to get on our case and attack us to try to say to us it wasn't real, but he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. We kept looking at the things that were not seen. We kept looking at the Word of God. We kept looking at uh, what the Word of God says about healing and deliverance and about all these other things. And we held fast to the confession of our faith and knew that healing was for us and knew that this was for us and the Holy Ghost was for us. 
and speaking of the tongues was for us. We looked at all these things and kept looking at them and looking at them and looking at them and one by one they became a reality. They became a reality. They became a reality. I can't remember, you know, like I said, my kids being attacked to the devil with sickness or disease and God not healing them. I can't remember that. He always heals our children. And like I said, I can go off right into some testimonies right now, but I can't. I don't have time to do that. Let's, let's give you another definition of faith now. Faith is being conquered or overcome by the existence of what you cannot see. Faith is being conquered or overcome by the existence of things that you cannot see with the natural eye. That's what faith really is. Faith is just being to a place in your life that you are so overcome by the presence of the Holy Ghost that you know He's right there. Faith is being so overcome by the fact of His healing power that you know it's right there and if I touch it, I'm healed. Faith is being overcome by the fact that those angels are right there that you say, angels, just go off and just do that job for me and they'll do it for you. We've done that many times in our lives and, and the angels just go off and did it. Say, I don't want you to get faith in our, our uh, testimonies. That's not what I want you to do. I want you to get faith in God's Word. But I want you to start to use God's Word and start doing the same thing. Start telling your angels and, and commanding them to go and bring in things that really belong to you. Someone say, well, don't you think you're getting a little bit, uh, you know, super spiritual that you think you have the power to go and do those kind of things? I didn't say I did. God did. We did it one time when someone stole tapes out of our car. And, and I said, angels, I give thee charge in Jesus' name. You go off and bring them back in Jesus' name. And you know the story. Some of you may, may have heard it before. Some may not. But the angels, and by that night, every, every tape was at our apartment, safe and sound, brought back in. The angels brought them in. We had one time a need of $100. I'll never forget when we was at school. This is a, this, many times we had different, certain needs. But we said... Father, we believe that in Jesus' name that you provide our every need. So, angels, we need $100. You go off and bring that $100 back into us and, and bring it into our existence, in, in, in our hands. We believe we received it and say, thank you, Father, for it. You say, that's, that's really a really weird system to live by. But I'll tell you what, it may sound baddie to you, but when I got that check for 100 bucks, it didn't mind. I, I didn't care what people thought about me. They may have thought I was crazy, but that's okay. It came in. Within seven days, it wasn't existence. I believe I received it in its invisible form. But within seven days, I had it in the mail from somebody that... I like when you get a letter that goes with it. Thousands thousand miles away. And they wrote a little letter and said, We don't know why. But for some reason, God wanted us to send you this. I said, I know why. <laughs> I know why. You may not know why, but I know why. They says, We just had the strongest urge. It seems like them angels was out there shoving them like this, you know. Saying, Come on, write that check out. But you see, that's how God works. Doesn't the Bible say men shall give unto your bosom? Doesn't it? Got to move upon the hearts of individuals to give, you know, to your need. Not for greedy, look, filthy look or Satan being, you know, greedy. I'm talking about a genuine need. And then you can call upon God to supply your every need that way. And he'll do it. And man just got out there and just go to work for it. They like doing that. Who do you think it was that took them wheels off them chariots when the Egyptians was chasing the Israelites through the Red Sea? Huh? Who do you think did it? Angels did it. Who do you think did it? The angels went out there and had a ball. They said, boy, it's about time we get to do some work around here. And they went and took all them wheels off the chariots of the, of the Egyptians so they couldn't catch up to the Israelites so they got to the Red Sea. And who do you think it was that stood there and held up the water like that? You think Samson was strong? <laughs> them angels stood there before the water. <laughs> who knows how deep it was but they just stood there and held back that water so that the Israelites could go across dry shod and soon as the Egyptians came along in the middle of it like you know just I guess they were they were a bunch of dummies I guess because if you stop and think about it would you have walked through there? Well that waters up like it was as high as it was would you walk through there? Knowing that God was doing all these miracles in the lives of the Israelites would you walk through there and let all that water come and drown you? Dear God I wouldn't have done it but they just ran out and just, just followed them right on through until they got halfway. Then the angel said, let's, let's do it, boys. <laughs> and who in, the world, who in the world do you think it was when, when Joshua and all the children of Israel took the Ark of the Covenant and they started walking around the walls of Jericho? Now, you think about this strategy. Here they are. They're, going to, they're planning out war. They're going to take the city of Jericho. The city of Jericho is so powerful and so well built and constructed and walled that nobody can get through them walls. Nobody can get through them walls. They were back, I'm sure they weren't back there saying, if we could just think of a bomb, make up some kind of a bomb or a nuclear war, missile, 
so he can block the walls of Jericho. No, they didn't do that. But man has his own ways. He's going to devise his own powerful methods, right? Here they are against these walls, and God says, don't be concerned about the walls. Just walk around them. You talk about taking the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Can you see telling that to someone today? Don't be concerned about all their nuclear war uh, missiles and all the things that they have and bombs and pyres. Just send them a message and sing them a song and say, Praise ye the Lord for his mercy endures forever. They'd kick you right out of the White House. <laughs> they would. You've got to compare it. I mean, they didn't have nuclear bombs back then. But what was a man to a great wall that you can drive chariot or, or, or horses around it? It could not be destroyed. No one could take that city. It was so powerful. But the unseen did. They walked around it seven days, and on the seventh day they walked around it seven times, and, and they began to shout, Glory to God, He is good, His mercy endureth forever. That the Lord had given us a city. And who do you think pounded down them walls? The angels did. They knocked them walls down to serve the world, flattened them right on out. You talk about spiritual things being more real than real than these natural things? Them walls were no match for the angels, were they? Well, them angels were by your side. As a matter of fact, the Bible says the angel of the Lord encampeth round about the person that fears him. Everywhere you should be walking, you know. You hear people say, you know, I'm just afraid today. Well, bless God. I'm not afraid. How can you be afraid when you've got an angel that's probably about ten foot tall standing right by your side? And he's there for the purpose of delivering you because you fear God. When I was at school, that's another thing that happened when I was at school. This, this here group of people that was going around and, and robbing all the stores, the night stores, where people worked late at night. And uh, was shot, shot off shotguns. They even killed some people. Threw them in the freezer and shot them. And, uh, you know, being a Raymond student, a lot of Raymond students worked all the night shift in some of these stores. And uh, you're just like anybody else out there, except for the fact that you've got God and the angels on your side. Holy Ghost and the Word. Same fella. <laughs> See, how can you be how can you be afraid how can you be afraid now think about it think about it the same fella same group of people came to rob the store where, where a Raymond student was working at came up with a shotgun by the door and when he got to the door he froze people called the police the police came and arrested the fella and when they arrested the fella they said why didn't you go in why didn't you try to want rob them? How come you didn't do anything but you just stood out here and just waited for us to arrest you? He said, did you see that 10-foot guy that was standing next to that kid? He stood there shocked. He just stood there shocked. Did you see that 10-foot guy that was standing next to him? He said, there's nobody in there but that one boy. He's working by himself. He said, no, there was a 10-foot guy standing right next to him. He stood there shocked. He couldn't move. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Glory to God, I can shout right now. The angel of the Lord cameth round about you to deliver you. I don't want to hear no gospel that tells us that we're down and defeated and broken hearted and can't make it, you know, barely make it in, in this life. We want to hear about the God that's more than enough. The all-delivering God. The almighty God. Hallelujah. He's still reigning in the, in, the, in the earth and in our hearts. Amen. He is Lord of all. Hallelujah. That's right. He's right here by, right, right with us right now. You just be ever aware of the fact that he's here in this place right now. He's got your love gift in his hand. Just reach out and take it. If it's your healing you need, just reach out and take it by faith. You'll get it. Amen. Well, it's the evidence of things not seen. A person could be so overcome by looking at the things that are not seen. A person could be so conquered by looking at the things that are not seen. He can be so filled up with the power of God by looking at the things that are not seen and convicted by it, that he can get to a place in his life that this power, this glory, just revolutionizes his entire life by looking at these things that are not seen, by looking at the power of God, by looking at the glory of God, and stop looking at the circumstances that you see with your physical eye. That's what true faith in God is. True faith in God's Word is looking at the unseen and destroying the seen. As a matter of fact, you'll find another scripture that's clearly in harmony with what I'm saying. In 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, let's look at it together before we move on. No, first chapter. 1 Corinthians, first chapter. 
and verse 27. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. Oh, those Egyptians thought they were so mighty. The walls of Jericho, they thought they were so mighty. But God chose the foolish things. Walk around with a horn blowing it and the walls will fall down. Look what it says here. And base things of the world and the things which are despised have God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are. While we look not at the things that are, but looking at the things that are not. He chose the things that are not seen in this realm to bring to naught the things that are seen in this realm. And when we steadfastly behold and look at the things that are not, I mean without wavering under the end, then those spiritual forces will work in your life to revolutionize your life. It'll get you to where you start to operate in the things of God. You start to operate in the things of the supernatural. You start to operate in the things of the Spirit. And I mean to tell you, God will work on your side, my friend, in a great and mighty way. Now, there are two realms. And let me say this before we get any further into what I'm saying. There are two realms. There is the natural realm. There is the supernatural realm, what we call the spirit realm. But it takes the Holy Ghost. Look at John 16, 13. It takes the Holy Ghost to unveil to you the operation of the spirit realm. Now, the natural realm and its reality, the reality of the things in the natural realm, come to us by the way of the five physical senses. In other words, if, if a person was deprived of his five physical senses... He would be considered to be an imbecile. He would have no knowledge or understanding of the things around him. Although he's living in the world, the world is not a reality to him. They never heard. They never saw. They never touched. Never smelled. These five physical senses that bring to us the reality of this world, that's the only way they could come. If they're not in operation in a person's life, then the things of this world are, are not real to them. Well, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God because the things of the supernatural world, the spiritual world, those things are revealed to our spirits by the Holy Spirit. Look at this verse, 1613. Jesus speaking here of the Comforter, which was to come, says, How be it when he, the Spirit of truth, Spirit of truth, when he comes, he shall not speak of himself, for whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. The Spirit of God was going to come. Now, the word truth, underline that in your Bible if you have it. It means, and it's very important that you understand this and write it down. The word truth in definition means the reality lying at the basis of an appearance. The reality lying at the basis of appearance. Remember we said the word substance there? It's the reality that lies at the basis of any change or manifestation. The spirit of truth was going to come and reveal to you, show you the things of truth or the things that lie at the basis of any appearance. So the spirit of God was going to come and unveil to you the operation of the spirit realm or of the spirit world, the operation of faith, and to take you beyond the natural realm into the supernatural realm and reveal to your spirit how the supernatural realm works in contradiction to this natural realm. He's going to show you, you're going to wade off into the spirit, but he's not going to do it without knowledge. You're going to do it according to the knowledge given to you by the Holy Ghost. Without the Holy Ghost, you couldn't understand the realm of the supernatural or the spirit. He takes the recreated human spirit and feeds into it the information of the things of the spirit. As we said there, 1 Corinthians, 2nd chapter, said that the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. They're spiritually discerned. He cannot know them. But the Spirit of God that we have received, He takes and shows and declares to us the things of the, of the Spirit of God, or of the, of the spiritual realm. And when He does this, He teaches us how to operate in the principles of the supernatural, of faith, of love, of patience, how they work. We're not going to wade off and step out of the boat and get into the water, you see, in foolishness or presumption. We're going to get off into the realm of the spirit, the realm of faith, 
according to the foundation laid in God's Word. Faith is not foolishness. Faith is not blind like some people say. You're just walking by blind faith. No, I'm not. My eyes are focused in on the faith of God's Word. I'm walking according to the fact of God's Word that greater is He that's in me. I'm walking by the fact of God's Word. Faith in God's Word is being convinced that with His stripes I was healed in such a way that all you see is healing pouring forth into your body. Faith in God's Word is being so convinced that the angels of God are by your side that you begin to use them in all everyday activities. You're convinced, you're totally convinced that they're real and the right thing by your side. So the Spirit of God would take these things, He would unveil them to us, He would unfold them to us, He would teach us about them. Without the five physical senses, you can't understand this natural world, but without the Holy Ghost, you can't understand, and the Word, you can't understand the supernatural world. Now, let's take an example in, in John's Gospel. You're there in the 16th chapter. Go to the 20th chapter. You're there, and uh, here we're going to find out that these two realms, the natural realm and the spiritual realm or the supernatural realm, give to us two kinds of truth or two kinds of knowledge or two kinds of faith. There are two kinds of truth, two kinds of knowledge, two kinds of faith. The five senses teach us and instruct us in what is called sense knowledge or natural human knowledge or natural human truth. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, will unveil to our spirits this revelation knowledge or revelation faith. It's called spiritual faith. We can clearly see that with these two kinds of faith, two kinds of knowledge, we need to have instruction. Let's put it this way. To learn anything in this natural realm, you've got to have an education, don't you? Some way. You'll be instructed by the five senses. Some way. Either through schools colleges, universities, and you learn about things of the natural world. The things of the supernatural world are revealed to us by the Holy Spirit through the Word and taught to us. They will produce a type of faith that is called the God kind of faith. The things that we learn in this realm will teach us what is called sense knowledge faith. Now I want to show you how Jesus was opposed to sense knowledge faith when it contradicted his word. Let's look at John's Gospel, the 20th chapter, verse 24. This was after Jesus was raised up from the dead and appeared to the disciples when Thomas was not there. But Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord, but he said unto them, Except I shall see, except I shall see in his hands the print, print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Unless I see, I will not believe. Unless I see with my physical eye, and touch with my physical hand, I will not believe. Now the knowledge that he needed was sense knowledge to believe in the resurrection of Jesus. Well, let's go on and see what Jesus said about this. And after eight days again, the disciples were within, and Thomas with them, then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless. Thomas was faithless. He didn't have faith in what he didn't see. He didn't have faith in anything. Faithless, without faith. The word means be, be not without faith. Be not without faith, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. In other words, when he saw with his physical eye, when he could touch with his hand, when he could hear his voice, he saw him standing there, this kind of evidence, the physical evidence that he had, proved to his heart that Jesus was resurrected from the dead. But faith in God's Word, revelation faith, is not based on physical evidence. Because Jesus went on and said, in verse 29, Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed, but blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Without seeing, you believe. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that are not seen. Thomas, because you saw it, you believed, but blessed are they that have not seen it and still believe. Here's where the, you run into problems in the area of healing. 
when a person is told, you must believe that you're healed before you actually can be healed, they say you're getting off in the wildfire fanaticism. But Jesus is saying, if you're going to wait till you see the fact that you're healed before you can believe it, you're never going to get it. But Jesus says this, if you believe it, then you'll see it. Now, if you had to wait till you saw Jesus, none of, none of us here would believe on him. Because he's not appearing to anybody. He's not coming down off that throne for anybody. He's seated there at the right hand of the majesty on high, and he's not coming down off that throne to appear to you in a, in a, in a physical body here on this earth. He's not going to do it. And if you had to wait till you saw him with your natural eye, you'd be waiting a long time. You'd never be saved. But if you believe on him without seeing him, then you'll see him through the eye of your faith, through the Spirit. Now, it's the same principle. If you will believe that you receive your healing without seeing it in the physical sense, but if you believe that you received it and you have it, then you have the guarantee, Jesus said, that you'll then see it in the physical realm. Now, let me explain that to you because I see, you know, when you start talking like this, some people just look at you. This guy's really flipped his lid. But I'll tell you what. Did they see the walls of Jericho fall down and then go walk around the walls of Jericho? Or did they walk around the wall? Never mind. Let me remind you, there was an army on the other side of the walls. There was an army of people on the other side that probably would have killed anybody else that came up to those walls, but they just stood there watching because they had no weapons. They're just going to walk around the walls. They figured, what can he do to us? All they're doing is walk around the walls. What in the world can walking around our walls do? I'm talking about mammoth walls. What well, in the world can believing I'm healed when I still have something on my body do? Well, first of all, to pull down the walls and take care of your, that sickness or disease that's in your body. I said, if it'll pull down the walls, then believing that you've received your healing before it ever comes will bring the healing into your body. Now, I have to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm leery to do this, but I have to do it. I didn't want to do it, but I have to do it. Um, we have uh, taken God's Word at heart and begin practicing this in our lives. And uh, I'm not telling you to do something that's not true or that does not work. I'm telling you from not only what the Word of God says, but you know the Bible says that he that believeth hath. When you start believing like this and start receiving this into your spirit, you're going to have many experiences along the road. But the person that forgets what manner of man he was, he goes off into the world and doesn't have any experiences with God. He forgets about the things of God. But the doer of the Word is blessed in his deed. And the doer of the Word of God is going to have many experiences whereby in this realm he will be able to relate even in, in experience that this word is true. Now, when we first got off into this, now most of you know this testimony and I know it, but that's all right, you can listen again, just keep on listening, because some of you don't. But when we first started getting into this and really believing like this, many attacks came upon our lives because the Bible says that when the word of God is sown inside your heart, the devil cometh immediately to steal it away from you. And the devil tried to kill our daughter, to destroy our daughter, by, by having her knocked off a banister and fall down many ten feet and to bang herself all up. And uh, to destroy our faith so that we could stop believing like we believe. So the word wouldn't grow inside our hearts. But to this whole thing short, to let you know what I'm saying is true, that we stood there, looked at that little girl of ours, and as we looked at her and saw how bad she looked, and it looked like, looked like there was no way that she could be helped. I wouldn't know what to do. As far as I was concerned, in the natural, looking at the things in the natural, I was ready just to just fall over and just cry and just do whatever I, I don't know what I can do. But she was just all busted up there, laying down there like that, and just eyes split wide open. And we just stood there looking at her. But we knew what the Word said. The Word said, believe that you receive and you shall have. If you believe you receive it now, you shall have. And we prayed for her and believed that we received her healing. The healing is done. When we prayed, we believed it right then. She couldn't walk. Eyes split open. She couldn't do anything. Only three and a half years old. And we just believed that we received the healing. That's what the Bible says. That's what I believe. That settles it. You said she's healed. That's all there is to it. She's healed now. You say, but if she's healed, that's an ugly healing. 
Well, with all that blood coming out of her face and, and the inability to even stand up and walk, we still said she's here. We called her healed when she looked horrible. Continued our Bible study and just began to just to thank the Lord. Thank you that she was healed. 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 Did not take her to a doctor. Did not take her to a hospital. Did not get any medical aid whatsoever at all. Just said, thank you that she's healed. Thank you that she's healed. Thank you that she's healed. She was 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 healed when we prayed. I believe I received her healing when we prayed. Therefore, I know I have it now. Thank you, Father God, that she is healed. She was healed. She is healed. How long did you do it? To the end. Thank you that she's healed. Thank you that she's healed. Thank you that she's healed. She got up the next morning and she said, look in the mirror. Her eyes swollen shut and big and black and blue and split was open, but now she's walking because she wasn't able to walk before. But she got up in the morning, walked to the mirror, and she said, I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. Thank you, Father, that I'm healed. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you healed me. An ugly thing. To look at her face was the ugliest thing you ever want to see. But we kept saying, thank you that she's healed, thank you that she's healed, thank you that she's healed, she is healed, she is healed, she was healed, she was healed, she was healed, she was healed. Not going to be healed, she was healed, she was healed when we prayed, she was healed, she's healed, thank you, Father God, that she's healed. Bless God, bless God. Why do you keep saying that? Because that's, I want to get it across to you. Not that she's going to be healed, she was healed. She was healed when I prayed. But she looks ugly, someone said. I don't care what she looks like, we don't walk by the things seen, we walk by the things not seen, and she was healed. make a long story short, within a week, Without any attention whatsoever, the Lord put that eye back together. The Lord removed all that skin that was ugly and put brand new skin on her face. And the Lord removed every signs of it, the black and blue marks and, and everything. And by that, like I said, by the next Bible study, which was a week later, that little girl, they, they, could, they could not believe it. That was the same girl. That was the same little girl they looked at that fell down because they said she was a horrible sight. But what would have taken months? What could have taken, taken, she may have had a, unable to walk. She could have been paralyzed. All the things that could have happened to that girl by not acting on our faith, because if we didn't act on our faith, could have been in her life. She could have been scarred for life. I could show you to her. She's downstairs, though. She's not scarred. She's not going to be scarred. It's already been done. He, oh, he not only did that, but he also healed the, the cut that was over her eye, put it together without stitches or without anything. You think about that. How did it happen? She was healed. She was healed. She was healed. Just by saying that, no. We believe in the heart. We believe more in the supernatural realm than we believe in this natural realm. We believed in it. We believed that the healing power of God was there. We believed that the word was true. We believed that the angels were working. We believed it. You see, in your heart you believed it. And therefore we spoke it and said it. This is what faith is. This is what faith is all about. You say, aren't there many that have missed it? Well, there's many that have missed it. I'm not saying that I can't miss it, but bless God, I'm not planning on it. I don't want to miss it. I'm not trying to miss it. Amen. It works. Faith works. Believing in the unseen works. Believing in that realm works. If it worked for them, it'll work for you. If it worked for me, it'll work for anybody. Anybody it'll work for. Well, there's many things I'd like to get into. We're just getting started. I guarantee you I'm going to preach one day all day long. All day long. Just on faith. I mean it. All day long. There's so much to get into on this thing. Don't you remember the man? When the man came down from the mountain and said, Lord, thou canst make me whole. He was a leper. If thou will, thou canst make me clean. Jesus said, I will. Put forth his hand and tells him, said, be thou healed, be thou clean. And meaning his leprosy was cleansed. Right? And he said, see thou tell a member, go thy way, show thy song unto the priest. And I'll put the testimony in the dark commanded. Under, under them, for a testimony under them. Then a Roman centurion came and he said, Lord, my servant, I'm homesick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And he said, Well, Lord, the Lord says, I'll come down and heal him. He said, Not so, Lord. Huh, just think about that. Jesus, you're talking to Jesus. He says, I'll come over and heal him. No. Is that a way to answer Jesus? He says, I'll come and heal him. He said, No, not so, Lord. Just speak the word. I'm not worthy you come under my roof. Just speak the word. You talk about believing in the invisible. Can you see a word? Just speak the word, Lord, and my servant will be healed. He just said, I'll come down and heal him. He says, no, I don't want you to come down. It's too long of a walk. I don't want you to come to my house. I'm not worthy you should come under my roof. But speak, by, speak down the word, Lord, and he'll be healed. That guy actually believed that. He said, what a nut. He just believed that if Jesus would say a word, his servant would be healed. You know what Jesus did? Jesus says, he turned to those upon him. He marveled, it said. He marveled. There's only two times Jesus marveled. He marveled at unbelief. 
and he marveled at this guy's faith. One extreme or the other. Remember, over there in Mark 6-2, there he could in his own hometown do no mighty work, save lay his hand upon a few sick folk and heal them. And there he, he marveled, it says, at their unbelief. This guy comes in speaking some words of faith. I mean, he spoke it right out. You don't have to come out of my room. Speak the word only and my servant will be healed. He marveled at this guy's faith. And he said to them to follow him. Though I say unto you, they'll come from the east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But you people will be cast into outer darkness. They'll be weeping and gnashing your teeth. And he said to him, As thou hast believed, he believed. He said, Be it unto you. And it was done. Jesus called it great faith. Great faith. Great faith this man had. Because if he believed in something that wasn't seen, he believed in one word. Speak the word only, and my servant will be healed. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.